0: Welcome to episode 36 of Crave the Book. In today's episode, we are going to be covering chapters 76 through 78 of Tracy Wolf's Crush. And in this episode, Amber and I give a lot of really great relationship advice based on some of the things that we have observed over the last few chapters with Grace and Jackson and Hudson and now Flint kind of tied into the mix. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. Let's do it, guys. Do let's it, do it. Let's do it. I'm I'm feeling very um I don't know. I've got a little bit of spice to my attitude today because I had to re-record a YouTube video that I already recorded. So you guys get the the ultimate spicy on my end, um, today, a little salty. it's just a little salty on the tip of your tongue, because <laughs> today's episode uh, 36. And it's funny, Mr. Moore was setting it up. And he's like, you about done with this book yet? And I'm like, and eh, a little more than halfway. <laughs> <laughs> so but this, I mean, to be fair, to be fair, as the series goes on, the font gets smaller. So <laughs> it's like the book looks the same. But every book is more. And it's only—I <laughs> I think that next few books we'll have to read larger chunks. Um, yeah, but the scenes are longer as well. I think that the scenes in uh,
1: there's also more reveals. Like, there's not very once once we get to like cover and and court, there's less and less spoilers that we can do mm-hmm. because you guys are as up to date as we are. Exactly. So, especially we, now it's been pushed back. Chum and Cherish aren't really going to be a part of our podcast for a while. So therefore, we might have more of a chance of finishing at least covet by then.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, we won't finish all of them by then. I, I highly doubt it. I think that we are stuck doing this for the rest of our, our young lives. I have a feeling right <laughs> when we get done, Tracy will announce like, Cherish isn't the only book. There's going to be another one. Not that we don't love doing them, but... We uh we we thought that we were going to be doing it up until court, and then we got Remy's spinoff announcement, and then we got Cherish, and we still have Charm. So we will be here for quite a while. But guys, if this is your first time listening, for whatever reason you decided that 30, episode 36 is where you wanted to start, um, you should probably listen out for a very special sound if you don't want anything spoiled for you. Amber, do you want to tell them what that sound is? Yes,
1: so just like every other week in every other episode of Crave the Book Podcast with myself and Staramore, you will need to listen out for The Wolf Howl, and it sounds just like this. Ooh.
0: Ooh.
1: And that signifies that whatever we've just decided to discuss for it, the episode based on the chapters that we've read, that will be the end of of the safe content. Everything after that howl is going to probably be a spoiler or a surprise or something you haven't read yet if you haven't read the rest of the books. Today's spoilers will be uh, at least up to cover.
0: Yeah so no no court spoilers unless we decide to like sprinkle one
1: in um, but I think that but it- that's the problem is that you'll never know we we don't know until that how happens nothing is fair game. That's
0: true. That's true. So you might just want to tune off just in case we never we kind of get loose lipped right when the house starts. So but for now, you're safe as long as you've read up to chapters uh, 78 of Crush. But I guess we'll go ahead and get started because the the uh, this episode is starting in the middle of the very first Ludera's tournament um, that it was described in our our last episode as being kind of like March Madness where there's a process of elimination and teams go up against each other until only two teams remain. And wouldn't you know that um, they didn't actually go through all of the games that were played because Tracy would have had to have written a lot of games and a lot of matches. So this, I said, (laughs) this is where if it were a movie, they would insert like a sports montage And then within like two minutes of sports montage, we're finally at the final game, the final match. And of course, it's Grace's team and arch enemy Cole, the asshole werewolf, um, Mm -hmm. and, and his little crew, which is kind of an issue because... Xavier, the one cool werewolf, is on Grace's team, and he's like the only cool werewolf that we've even seen so far. And Cole, the alpha of the werewolves, is on the other team. So it's kind of, it's going to be like, You know, a a dominance battle there where it's like, oh, you might you're going to be disobeying your alpha by even going up against him. And Flint even offers to let Cole sit it out. And Cole's like, no, I'm not a punk. Like he's he gets super pissed about it because he kind of wants to prove himself.
1: Also, wouldn't it mean that all of the other werewolves in all of the other teams would have not felt exactly the same? I think it's different for Xavier because Xavier
0: didn't grow up with Cole. He was he was brought in um, – he had just gotten there, what, a year ago? So where Macy said that most of the students went to middle school together, and these students, you know, they all know each other. So it's probably a little bit more insulting to have, like, the new guy come in and, you know, hand the Alpha's ass to him. And if we're going by, you know, like, actual Wolfpack logic, a- and Alpha is – Typically, you know, dethroned by whoever the next strongest male is. It's it's a dominance battle. Yeah. So once that alpha becomes either too old or incapable of um, running the pack, the position. But also goes. In,
1: in in biological terms, and me and me and Starla are a little bit a little bit nerdy. Um, Cole is a terrible alpha. Oh yeah emotional, dramatic,
0: impulsive, impulsive, defensive. He he doesn't he doesn't think All things through. Yeah. <laughs> he's already he's already um had two like signs of weakness to the vampires where, you know, this is same guy who Jackson drained in crave during that scene where grace first kind of experiences jackson's power and again when hudson takes over grace's body uh in order to get the alpha wolf's tooth for the the spell to get hudson out of grace's body and
1: so it was was cole like Aware of that because surely he would have called Grace out at some point before this because he doesn't know that Hudson was the one that was controlling her. Well, maybe that would be
0: another sign of weakness if he actually like maybe he assumes that no, like that only a few people know, and if he makes light of the situation, then like it's like oh, you know, you got you got beat up by the human girl.
1: So yeah, but she's a gargoyle now, so it's much more badass. Yeah, that's so it's true. Is a pure, purely sexist.
0: But she wasn't a gargoyle. Like she still hadn't learned how to control her powers. This is a more recent occurrence, and I'm sure that even then, he still probably isn't seeing her as an equal, just because he seems like an asshole. So yeah. But either way, yeah, d- bad, bad leader, overall.
1: um no father figure nothing (laughs) terrible person he's an awful awful wolf terrible wolf (laughs) so the the next note is mine and it's a gift that keeps on giving and eden says um that she she likes grace's style um, and it's because uh, any, any girl that can keep two men in line at the same time is a girl that I could get behind. And I was like, Bad Amber, get your mind out of the gutter, Amber. <laughs> Utter filth, Amber. But she says it again in these following chapters, where she could get behind something else. And I was like, Please stop, Eden, stop. <laughs> stop. Eden. This, is, this is a PG rated book. <laughs> stop. I, I don't think it's PG rated. No, it's not. Definitely up until the the uh, the last chapter that we read, and then I was like, "Oh, okay." By the way, did we did we say which chapters we read? Today? Yeah, yeah. And I okay. also I say it during the I lesson out. intro. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. So. Once again, this is this is the second or third time during this whole. No, it happened during practice. It happened at the beginning of the game, and it happened again, where Hudson is literally the only one to give Grace any, like, motivation, any
1: pep talks, any... Other than, you've got this, it's yeah. like, thanks. I mean, that, that's not really helpful. You can tell me that, but that's not going to calm me down. Yeah, and and
0: and Jackson, I mean, Jackson does shoot her like, a, yeah, you're a badass, but, like, that's, that's great. But Hudson's the only one really talking to her and you know, keeping a line of communication going so that she doesn't feel so freaking alone, especially in this particular match, because the other matches, like, they were fun, but now it's like Cyrus has introduced the Comet in this match. Uh, the Uh The opposing team is literally everybody who hates her. So the stakes are a lot higher, but everybody else is still just like, <laughs> you know, it's I think I think, I think that- the
1: best the best thing f- for the anxiety the best thing that Hudson says was that don't worry this isn't the only bloodstone that exists if we don't get it we can always get another one that is one of the only things that calms me down if I if I know that something is like there is a pressure in it that I have to to to, to complete something or to do something by a certain time like for example. Me and, me and Sarah both run businesses. We have crunch times. We have deadlines. We have things that we have to get done by a certain time. But sometimes it does take somebody else to just say, it's okay. There's always another launch. If you don't fit it in this time, there's always another Christmas. If you can't get it done in this time, get it done early for next time. Um, and that, and that's just another one example. But yeah, just him just saying like, if we don't get it, It's not the end of the world. Yeah, because sometimes we convince ourselves that it is and it takes somebody
0: with an outside perspective to be like, okay, what is the worst case scenario if you don't, you know, if if things don't work out the way that you want? What's the worst case scenario if we don't get the bloodstone during this match? Well, there are other ones. This is the easiest one to get. But it's only easy because it's right in front of us right now. There there yeah. are other ones that exist. We will find a way to get another one. And, you know, obviously Hudson doesn't really want them to find everything.
1: All I definitely think pl- playing playing the what's the worst case scenario thing with another person is the best solution. If you are ever going through the what if, what if, what if, what if, what if like, sort of loop in your head, actually voice those like concerns with somebody and say, look, I, I don't need solutions or... Uh, you to like necessarily just listen. I need you to come up with a well, an answer to what if this happens. Well, this can happen. Or what if this happens? Well, well then we'll do this. Um, and it actually airs those concerns out, and then you realise that they're not actually that scary. And an outcome. Um, I I did it. I I fired my my bridesmaid. My, when I was getting married, I fired my bridesmaid because she was she was not being who I was hoping her to be as as that role. And it turned out that it was my sister in law. And um, going into it, I didn't want to do it because I, I had I had to upset someone. I had to essentially tell somebody that I didn't want them to take part in my wedding in in the way that they were expecting. And I went into it thinking, well, this could happen. She could refuse to come to my wedding, and then. My husband said, and if she refuses to come to the wedding, what's the worst case for that? She doesn't come. Like, if, if, if you're genuinely that concerned about that being the worst case scenario, that's not the worst case scenario that we could come up with. It's fine. The outcome is not that bad. And uh, yeah, like, they're all playing this sports game. And there is an equal chance of them winning or losing. Because I don't think it's about skill, and it's not about whether they have a gargoyle and the other team don't. It's complete luck, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah, because the portal's
0: being thrown in, and there's a lot of things that make it
1: random. But also, they're saying all of this, like, if the other team won the Bloodstone, that they wouldn't be able to just go, thanks, it's mine now like they could they could totally go steal it. I know, right? What are they're they- like we have to win it for it to be legally ours. Mhm.
0: No, it's so. like they're stealing all of the other items. They're they're taking a tooth unwillingly from a
1: living being and they're concerned yeah. about like they could just Maybe block. maybe it's like the Harry Potter spell for getting Voldemort back in um Godric's Hollow when they're in the graveyard and it's like blood of the father unwillingly given. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I was gonna say maybe they could just borrow it for a minute, you know. Like it, it does, do all of the items incinerate like after the spell? I don't think so. I think they still they, they don't keep them. I, well, yeah, uh, they they could probably put it back, you know.
1: But. <laughs> they they send Cole his tooth back in a box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but so yeah. yeah, the the next note is mine, and it says <laughs> seriously though grace is useless in this game uh major same though vibes uh but really she does nothing for a lot of the time like what it, and i'm just like what is she actually doing because if this is made into a movie or a tv series they're going to have to kind of invent what grace is doing at this point because she's she genuinely is doing nothing like is she jogging on the spot is, is she just stood there watching the carnage like is she pretending that she's part of the action? Like what is she genuinely doing? Because she describes so much. She's and watching. And then all of a sudden, and then all of a sudden, it's like a, oh, now I'm involved. <laughs> yeah, the ball the ball ends up in her hands. I I picture it like
0: if I was playing because I don't know how to play like anything, but if I was playing like football and. You know, I, I I was just in the middle of a football game. I would just run around and try to look like I was at least trying, but I would be accomplishing nothing. I'd be like, oh, everyone's yeah. running this way. I'm going to run this way. Oh, now they're running this way. I'm going to run this way. <laughs> but I wouldn't actually participate. But the problem is, Grace does finally have the ball because Xavier goes into a portal and then pops up right in front of her. And the ball, the ball is about to get hot, so he has to pass it. And he passes it to her, and she's just like, "Shit, shit, shit," <laughs> which is exactly <laughs> my yep.
1: my reaction. Um, she's she's too relatable in these sports scenes because I definitely definitely done that before. Um, so when whenever we did like sports at school, and there would be a team based sport where like you had to you had to look at least like you were participating, but you, it involved too much of a decision-making process that I was not particularly good at. Um, and I, I would I would always remember, like, oh, I've got the ball. I've got the ball. I have to do something with it quick. Uh, pass. Pass it to someone else. <laughs> I have most definitely
0: passed a ball to someone on the opposing team before.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like a hot potato. I'm just like, take it. Take it. I don't want the it. The thing is, like, they look at you and then they pass it to you because you're close to the goal and you're like, I could score. But somebody else could score better.
0: <laughs> That's true. I would have to literally be like at the goal line. And at that point,
1: then it's not even worth passing it to me. So Yeah, yeah. And and if they did, I'd still cook it up. Yeah, yeah. I would absolutely just eat shit. I would fall over and everybody would be watching because there's like a crucial point in the game. And I would probably fall over. and And it would be the moment where I think, oh, I've got this, and then I fall over. That yeah. is guaranteed, guaranteed to happen, and that's why I do not participate in sports. You get that little glimmer of hope, and then it just gets,
0: r- shatters. <laughs> it <laughs> Everyone is embarrassed for you. I've yeah, I've yeah. That's
1: that's when they do the ooh face. That's yeah, yeah and you, or, or or they do. So do you in 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 America? When you are set in a restaurant and somebody drops a glass, what do you do?
0: We all go, "Oh!"
1: We go, "Way <laughs> <laughs> We do it like a, like, "Well done. Way!" Um, and that would be exactly the noise that the entire crowd and the entire team would make watching me eat gravel. I, I think my husband usually claps. I'll be like, yeah, <laughs> like sarcastically, like, well done, yeah. you did it.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, because you have to, you know, take a bad situation and make it way worse for the person who is clearly embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll admit, my first time reading, uh, when Cole cuts off Xavier's bracelet, I I was like, oh, this is it. He's a goner. Like, I had it in my head. Like, I liked him, and you've already killed him. (laughs) Yeah, I had it in my head that that was was it. Tracy wrote that scene very well. But uh, what I'm thinking is, like, okay, I've got, like, one of the little replica bracelets that um, Entangled Teen made that says Ludare's competitor on it. And it's just, like, a little rubber stretchy band. And I'm thinking, like, is this, like, is this true to – it has to be true to – to the book because Cole just cut that sucker right off of Xavier's wrist. It's it's the only thing keeping these children from being destroyed during this contest because it keeps them from, from dying. Um, I'm just thinking maybe something a little stronger. And and when the dragons change and shift, are the bracelets shifting with the dragons or are they just very stretchy? Like I like I like to think that they become a collar. Oh, yeah that oh, I'm thinking like I, I'm thinking like the like the naughty collars that have like the big letters on them, except <laughs> it just says Luder's competitor, yeah, yeah, like 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 naughty, naughty dragon collar,
1: yeah, yeah, i I mean like they're like essentially magic dampeners, aren't they? Yeah. And uh, without going into too much spoilers, um they wear something similar in covert, but those are metal. But those are metal. I'm like, why don't they just use the same bracelets they just ha- a, a different strength?
0: I mean, they clearly have them. They, they yeah. are in possession of them.
1: The school has some of them. Yeah. Because some, yeah. like somebody literally wears one as like a school mandate. They <laughs> have to wear one. Yes. Uh, why don't they use those? Well. And also, like just because somebody cut one deliberately doesn't mean that one couldn't be cut accidentally. Like everyone has talons and stuff. like you could you could be flying midair. A dragon goes to catch the ball, accidentally swipes the bracelet with their claw whilst they're getting into the ball. Yeah, you run out of flying time, fall to the ground, but because you weren't wearing your bracelet because it broke, you die. Why did no one call off this game the
0: moment that that happened? Like that it, would be an
1: absolute referee moment. Yeah, is, is there are
0: there no penalties to this game? Like we've just made a student basically mortal, like and and then they just allow it to continue. And I mean, I said in my notes this would have been the perfect opportunity to call in Hudson the Chicken Whisperer because, <laughs> thankfully. Macy changes Xavier to a chicken at the very last moment, which if you guys have not watched my uh, Lou Dares ASMR, I actually, I, I threw in the chicken scene into my ASMR. So make sure you go watch that. It's currently on the Crave the Book podcast YouTube channel and it will make you giggle and snort. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that this was Macy saving the day Saving Xavier's life, but very, very poor, like, school, uh, you know, moderation. But also,
1: she she didn't just, like, go, I need to save somebody from, like, the outcome of this. uh, Therefore, I'm just going to do the first thing I think of. No, she literally took it, like, changed him into a chicken because of the connotation of what he had just done. It wasn't just a punishment. It was a smart punishment. And also, she rescued Xavier from... What Cole was about to do.
0: It was a humiliating statement.
1: Yes. And the whole school saw it. Yeah. Um and um chickens seem to be a theme throughout the Crush (laughs) book. Crave, crush, covet. I think just crush. Crush, crush, we've had several chicken references, but I haven't There's a chicken reference in court as well. Oh. I can't remember it, but we'll we'll, really, you can't remember the chicken. Oh God. In court. Chicken Flint. (gasps) Chicken Flint. That's right. You got, okay. Yeah. I remember Yeah, Yeah. Everybody at some point that is involving a chicken.
0: Maybe, maybe Tracy really
1: loves chicken. Maybe she loves, she is from like, she's from Texas. Is there a lot of chickens there?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, they kind there, there's there's, <laughs> <their> of, <national> <laughs> nah, there's chickens. It's the national animal. No, there's chickens kind of, I mean, California had, we had a, a grocery store where there were like chickens in the parking lot and everybody just called them the, fam- <laughs> the famous chickens of like this particular parking lot. Nobody knows how they got there, but they just lived there. Chicken car park. Shout, shout out to Yuba City, California, for those of you in that trash hole I'm sorry to all of you (laughs) um let's see oh and I I love that you I love your next note because it's I I feel like it's the same here reading these chapters of Grace going through the Lou Dares match it it does sound like sports commentators
1: it does um and it's because the way that it is written is not written in a way where somebody has gone back over and edited and edited and edited and edited to make it really flowery. Um, it's panicky. The way that it is written, the way that it's written is panicky. But also, it must be an a, an iteration of her first draft because it's the and then and then and oh and then and then and then and then and suddenly, but then it, the way that it's written it's not using like new and exciting conjunctions and like metaphors and things like that because when you're in the moment and commentating on a sport it's literally what is coming out of your mouth you are describing the scene and then that is it you don't get to go back and relive it you don't get go back and start talking about it again until you have a break you just keep commentating on what is happening right? so much that you don't actually have a chance to edit what you're saying. And it's also being written as a
0: participant and not a spectator, which mm-hmm. makes it even crazier because Grace is actively participating and describing everything as it's happening, and she doesn't have time. I mean, there's even sentences that aren't finished where it'll just, like, cut off and then jump, you know, where she thinks that, it, like, oh, this is, this is perilous, where we have... This is the end of the game, we've lost. But but then and yeah, it's it's constant motion.
1: Yeah. But and it's and it's not a reflection on Tracy's writing. It's not like a oh, this scene was written really badly. It it's more immersive only those chapters. I think and it's, it's real.
0: Yeah, I think it's more immersive because
1: like that's you, how... you read it and you're like, wait, I confuse. What is going on? So would anybody else who was on that field. Mm-hmm like that stadium was absolute chaos and fast paced and confusing as well when people go through the the portals and then pop back up at the complete opposite end of the of the field and you're listening to the crowd like groan or cheer and it pro- it probably is the most one of the most overwhelming experiences ever to be in a Crowded stadium like that, participating in a sport that, A, you've never played before, and B, literally got told the rules, like, three minutes ago.
0: <laughs> poor And C, supernatural. Poor planning on this entire school's part, Grace. Yeah. And... But at the same time they've probably all grown up with it. Yeah, they've they've been able to watch it. It's like it's the difference between watching your parents drive and growing up in cars and being able to get in a car and have a decent idea of what you're doing when you first learn to drive versus seeing a vehicle for the very first time, being seated in it and told, "Okay, take me to the grocery."
1: Like or or even just being placed in a different country. Yeah. And like say like you know how to drive right? And yes, I do know how to drive. But driving in America, for example, is a whole different ball game. Yeah. Like at no point did I volunteer to drive. I could have, but no.
0: And then, like and then there's the whole, your husband like,
1: turning right or let like turning right if there's a red light. Like no, absolutely not. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I would sit there. I would get beeped at and sit there. <laughs> and you would get beeped at. I know, I probably get, would get like overtaken. I, I don't know. As long as yeah, you... I just yeah, I know how to drive, but I wouldn't in in a different country without like, like you, if you went right, take you know you know where Starbucks is. Driving to Starbucks, I'm like uh, no, I'm okay. <laughs> oh, let's walk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would walk. <laughs> how many miles is it? Seven miles? Oh no, we can walk that.
0: No problem. Yeah,
1: yeah, we'll get back in the afternoon. It'll be fine.
0: <laughs> Um, so obviously as any good, you know, book goes, Grace, of course, wins the game at the last minute (laughs) against unbeatable odds that she's somehow beaten after not- She was the linchpin. Yeah, not participating at all, not just
1: watching, panicking, observing, and then- And also suddenly using a skill that not only did she attempt for the first time ever midair on a dragon she didn't even know whether it was possible she just went well what's what use is it being able to turn to stone if you can't do it to other people let's try that let's see what you just like you you just uh, just a random thought that's come to your mind in that moment and you decide let's try it and immediately know exactly how to do it like, it wasn't even like, oh, no, that didn't work. Let's try something else.
0: like Well, it's like, it's like fight and or flight. she never f- did it again. It's fight or flight, but she's got fight and flight. It's fight and flight. Grace, <laughs> Grace's fight and flight. I wish she'd do it again. Like. Turning random people to stone just
1: by poking yeah.
0: them.
1: yeah. There's so many times like, in the it, series like, when and that like would she, be useful. She, yeah, I know. Like, if she ever gets annoyed of Jackson just blithering on about how he needs to protect her. No, shut up. Shut up. Stone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a very useful skill, and I wish I had it. You She she could have done it when after the match when Jackson got all, like, you know,
1: all, all, I'll protect you. Like, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Or, do you reckon she could use it as, like, put a pin in it? It's like she's she's in the middle of that session and then she goes, uh, hang on, let me put you on pause. I need to talk to Heather. <laughs>
0: and, uh, I need to pee one second. Beep.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's a shame she couldn't do it to Hudson in her mind because then there would be no issues. That's true. That's true. She could just pause him rather than having to tiptoe around like the baby's asleep. <laughs> So the next comment is mine and it says men and their pride and posturing because, oh my God, isn't it insufferable? The moment after a group of men have succeeded at something, they don't shut up about it.
0: Oh my God,
1: it will last forever. It's like the play-by-play. I was there. I don't need (laughs) a rundown of what happened. What I found
0: in 12 Years of Marriage... Is that after a while you will get to the point where you've heard all of their stories and they've heard all of yours, and you almost have to allow them to continue telling their wonder years. Um, <laughs> you have to allow them to tell their their stories of triumph, and you have to act just as enthusiastic about it the one hundredth time you've heard it as you did the first time you heard it. In fact, I recommend becoming more enthusiastic. As you hear that Oh, and then it becomes more sarcastic. No, I, I, I try to be genuine with it because <laughs> I feel like I probably do the same thing where I will think back to something that I need validation on. And I know that I need validation in different ways. I need current validation for the things that I'm doing right now. And I think <laughs> that, you know, some guys need validation for choices that they've made in the past. And... Or or how they've grown since those choices were made, but
1: like I absolutely don't mind it, and I and I I love it when it's like part of a storytelling session when they're telling other people. But it's that moment after an event where they're all telling the play by play to the same people that that were were there for the event, and I'm just like, why do you do this? Is this a thing? Maybe it's is it because is is it a man thing or is it? a not-me thing. Does that make sense?
0: I do it. I think I do it. I think it's to kind of make sure that the thoughts that I have um, mirror the thoughts that every... yeah. Yeah, did everybody else interpret this the same way that I did? Did I miss anything because I was so excited in the moment that maybe there's something about it that I didn't get perspective on that you noticed that I didn't notice? Or maybe it's just a human nature to solidify a memory by running through it several times. Because I remember in high school, I don't do this anymore, but in high school when I like was on some of my very first dates, I remember getting home and laying in bed and running through the play-by-play of the date because I didn't want to forget it and I would almost like savor it. Like I'm not laying in bed now savoring the date that I had with my husband of 12 years. Like we'll, ju- we'll just have another one, you know? Um, but when you're younger, I think that I do think that it's a way for the brain to retain new information. That way,
1: it becomes a part of your your yeah. database. I mean, I think I think we ne- we, we nailed the psychology there. Um, and I think we could quit our jobs and um, testify in court for um, psychological behaviours. Absolutely, we're geniuses. We are. We look at we we look at a weird thing that happens. We go, why do we do that? And then we answer it, and then we go. We think, wow. we think we answer humans it. aren't special at all.
0: <laughs> we think we answer it. In most cases, yeah. I, I were probably wrong. But especially <laughs> when it comes to things like, I don't know, it almost ruins you a little bit in the romance department when you break down human psychology and all of the chemicals that play in. And, you know, it, it's like. When you're younger, it's like fate and destiny and two souls destined to be together,
1: star-crossed lovers.
0: Yeah, and then and then when you when you get into psychology, it's like, oh, this is a chemical that is impulsing me to breed with you because my brain is telling me that you will create a good bloodline. Like (laughs) you know, it, it, it it destroys the magic. A little bit to some extent. So I almost admire the people who still have the ability to look back and say, like, magic, fate, the stars align, destiny. Like, that's all really, really cute. But I believe in circumstances that line up out of coincidence. And coincidentally, I was single. Actually, I wasn't single and neither was my current husband. But coincidentally, we were in unhappy relationships when we met. And we coincidentally... Hit it off, and we are coincidentally still together because we coincidentally have decided that we hate everyone and would, you know, prefer to enjoy each other's company. Coincidentally, can
1: you re- can you remember Tim Minchin? He's the um, singer comedian that I showed you, and he sang the song about being ginger. Yes, the crazy hair. Guy. He also has another. He has another song, and it's called "If I Didn't Have You." And you it, played that. It is. A, did i yeah but yeah for anybody anybody who hasn't heard of tim minchin he has a song um and it's called if i didn't have you someone else would do and it cracks me up because it's so true but people are like doubling down on the fact that like, no, no no the man i'm with the person that i'm with is my is my soulmate they're like well yeah they they could be but do you really believe that out of the seven billion people on the planet that you only have one and that if, if you had an email come into your inbox right now telling you, I know exactly who your soulmate is and they live 7,000 miles away, would you go and visit them? Would I? Probably not. I would not. No, because you think, well, well what I've got is, is already good enough. I think... Why would I want to risk it for something better when it might not be? Just because they're my soulmate doesn't necessarily mean that... I should quit what I've currently got. But at the same time, if I didn't have what I currently got suddenly, there would be another person there to fill that hole. The... There, there's a toxicity to the something
0: better mentality where, and we we especially experience it when we're young because we're shopping for life. We're shopping for school. We're shopping for passion. We're shopping for purpose. We're, we're window shopping for a partner. And we are, you know, that's why I'm, this is going to be, sound really, really bad. And a lot of people are going to be like, ooh, Starla, this is a YA podcast. But I don't think that anybody should, um, I don't think that people should marry the first person that they are with. I think that you will never know if you have found the right person if you do not have the experience in multiple people. The same as if you have only ever eaten a cheeseburger in your life and all of your meals have been cheeseburgers, then you don't know if you like anything else and you don't know what you don't like and you don't know – you have not – developed enough life experience to decide that that's the thing that's going to make you happy forever. And I feel that a lot of relationships end because somebody gets curious and they want to know what else is out there, or maybe they decide, okay, this, I'm not feeling this anymore. So that whole window shopping, upgrading life partners thing, I think is something that you need to do while you're young. But then there does Mm -hmm. come a point where when you're older, you have to say to yourself, am I becoming complacent because I am bored? Did Am I, I
1: settle as well? Right. Am Did I, I actually settle?
0: Exactly. Am I idealizing um, fantasy characters, for example? Did I read Twilight and now I'm upset that my boyfriend doesn't ad, act like this fantasy character written by a woman? You, like, <laughs> if, if you find yourself feeling like that, then maybe you need to analyze yourself and decide if maybe it's more of a problem with you and not so much a problem with them. And, and maybe your expectations are too high. But at the same time... I feel like, you know, there're also a lot of people who stay in toxic relationships that they
1: should mm-hmm. get
0: out of. So it's 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 a balance. You have um, to There's
1: also there's also the the case that just because you think that the grass might be greener because your husband or your wife or your partner has started to let themselves go or they're getting older, they're going bald, they're like they're they're losing that romance and don't do uh, don't do things anymore. They're tired. You've got children together and you just have no energy or time for each other. Wouldn't they be feeling exactly the same? Yeah, you have to work
0: together. That's sometimes the grass is only greener on the other side because somebody shit in it. Like, I, I mean, really. So, and <laughs> that is a saying to take to the grave. Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, and and the thing is you you cannot you cannot water your grass alone. um love cannot be a house plant that you are responsible for watering. You have to continuously work together and the as soon as one person checks out and they are no longer willing to work, you know one one person can hold the weight for a while, but eventually the entire foundation crumbles if only one person is is pulling the weight. So I think that the most important thing that you can do is, communicate and voice your feelings and a lot of the problems between grace and jackson's relationship at this point is that grace is bottling a lot of things up and the the issue here is that if you know if we were talking realistically the fact that she is sharing these feelings with hudson who she is attracted to I mean let's let's be real she's she's mentioned on multiple She's made perfect comments. Yeah, she's she's definitely attracted to him. She she knows that it's wrong, so she tries to dismiss those feelings, but
1: you can She has really like good chemistry with him as well when he's in a good mood and when he's not morosing yeah. around. They have a really good chemistry. They they chat to each other. They don't stop talking.
0: So in a in a real relationship that isn't, you know, paranormal, if you're finding that you have chemistry, with someone else and you are sharing all of your feelings with this other person and not the partner that you're with it, it's, it's a lifetime time to reassess. Yeah, it's, it is
1: time to reassess. Um, so, and that doesn't, and that doesn't mean reassess in the, in the form of break up with your girl, your, your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your partner, and then immediately go to this newfound love is actually reassess with yourself of what would make me happier. Not right now. But also, in an hour, in a day, in a week, in a month, and in a year, and in ten years, what would make me happier? Yeah, because if 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 you're if you're saying we well, I can't break up with them because it's going to upset them, but also, how much of it is going to upset you if you keep breaking the hearts of two men at the same time because you can't be the one to decide? Exactly, you And just drag. You're dragging two very hopeful men along hoping that you're going to pick them yeah and at this point and this is in terms of grace this is this is a uh, completely like uh, this is this is in terms of grace right now yeah <laughs> so well, please please feel free to swap any pronouns like
0: <laughs> <laughs> but and and you know what's I, i'm gonna skip one of your notes just momentarily because this ties in but when after the the game they're all up in Jackson's tower celebrating and having snacks and and stuff and you know and kind of cooling down every the whole team is up there kind of partying grace has to step away she has to remove herself because she is so she she just needs that moment to herself she needs the quiet because flint is you know Kind of looking longingly at Jackson, and she's like, "Okay, I've I feel very awkward." They're also like flirting
1: in a way; like they are like having an inside joke. They are flirting. If 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 if, if that was just a, a normal couple, you you would be like you would feel uncomfortable anyway.
0: Yeah, because no one stopped to explain it, you know they she said that she could tell that it, that they, that Flint and Jackson shared an inside joke but nobody stopped to explain it which means that she was not being included in that so she decided to remove herself from the situation and and step away and Hudson just happened to be there Um, And she kind of was having that conversation with Hudson and Hudson said, Flint knows it's too late, Grace. Now he's just trying to figure out how to deal with the disappointment. But she detected something there in in his tone that she she thought it was about Leah. Yeah, she thought he was talking about Leah. But now knowing like now like he knows it's too late. Now he's just trying to figure out how to deal with the disappointment. And she talks about how he has kind of like a sharp undertone to his voice. And he acts a little snarky throughout that entire um, conversation with her. And it's, I mean, obviously he's talking about himself and trying to figure out how to deal with the disappointment of losing Grace. And it's just like, oh, God, it's so sad. Because first read through, I I did assume that he was talking about Leah. Second read through, I'm like, oh.
1: It's all, it's all about communication. He doesn't want to hurt her or ruin the relationship that he, she has with his brother. But at the same time, he absolutely is. By not communicating, he's creating two confused people instead of two hurt, but now are on the same page people. Yeah. Um, and he could absolutely go up and he could do a flint. He could do a flint and say, I'm... Going to probably hurt the person that I'm going to tell this to, but I need to be truthful and say the truth. And she can do whatever she wants with it because he's already known that he's lost her. Yeah. I, I don't think. And it's like a, there's a doing the right thing and kind of keeping the secrets because it's only going to hurt people. But then there's also keeping secrets and you're going to hurt people whether you tell them or not. Wouldn't you rather them know? At sooner. least then you might even be having it a chance. Yeah, sooner. Don't waste people's times. Like,
0: that's, and that goes with, like, if you're dating somebody, you know, and you really, you're not digging them and you don't see a future with them. Like, don't waste their time. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to be upset and you're probably going to be upset and they might, you know, be devastated. But what's, what's going to be more devastating is if you string them along for a long time or, you know, I mean, even cheat
1: on them and... Or wait for certain things like, oh, I can't break up with her now because it's Valentine's Day. Well, I can't break up with her now because it's Christmas. It's like, no, actually, it's more upsetting for you to still get me a Valentine's Day gift and then two days later break up with me. And it's like, how long have you been feeling this way? We just had a lovely Valentine's Day. I'm now even more confused. Right. I thought I was safe. This made me... you
0: You did a gesture that made me feel safe. And now I feel unsafe
1: so and equally if you love someone and you're afraid to tell them that's a very scary leap to take and usually it is one person that says it first but don't be afraid to be that first person because they're either just gonna say okay i mean that's probably one of the worst things that you could hear would be okay yeah. Seriously, what, what would be the worst answer to? I love you. Well, I don't love you. And it's like, OK, then that. why are we together? Yeah. I know that you're not supposed to go into a relationship specifically because you're hoping for love. But also, why would you stay in a relationship that you didn't ever expect to become love?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, it's okay to like test the waters a little bit, but both,
1: both parties need to be have that understanding that that's, that's what this is. We're testing the waters. At any point, one of them could, and that it should be absolutely okay for that person to say, "I have fallen in love with you." Whether that's not okay in the other person's books, that's on them, and then they, then they need to be able to accept that the other person does have those feelings, and also be open to having the discussion about it if somebody's afraid to say that they love someone then they need to just be able to say it yeah and i I, i've been in a relationship where i've said i love you way before and the guy said oh i love you too and it meant the world to me and he kept saying it and then one day he said i did just mean as a friend yeah yeah there are also And I'm like, why did you bother? <laughs> there are also gestures of love. Like
0: and you've got a note here the energy. We we talked about Hudson disappearing that morning uh before the game and then coming back. And now after the game, he's looking all like haggardly and gaunt, and you know, his his cheeks are kind of sunk in. Because he the reason he was gone was he was feeding Grace more energy, and she's just now figuring that out. And to me, like that, that is a silent act of love. He did not do that in order to get a reaction from her. He did or not credit. tell her that he did it. He did something kind to help her without acknowledging
1: it. Mm-hmm. And that's an act and of he, love. He also did it, and she didn't recognize that it wasn't from Jackson. Yeah. Like, imagine uh, the same analogy being a hug. From behind, you get a hug, and you immediately assume... That it is your partner, but it wasn't. And at no point did you recognize that it wasn't your partner. Probably a poor analogy. I was going to
0: say uh, I, that would make me probably scream.
1: Yeah, but like imagine like that, and you're like, and being okay with it, and you're like, okay, I need to reassess because I was just okay with a a gesture of affection, a gesture of love from somebody else that was not my partner, and I did not know that it was not them.
0: It's like um, in the Katmere Academy insiders guide, where a basket was it cinnamon rolls appeared on Grace's porch or on her doorstep, and she thought that Jackson had left them for her. But it was mm-hmm. it was Hudson who had left them for her, so it's yep. it, it happened. I mean, this seems to happen more more than once, where she assumes that it is it it should be Jackson doing those things. She assumes that it's Jackson, but it, it hasn't been Jackson at all. It's been it's been Hudson. And then Jackson hasn't done anything like that recently. <laughs> no, not since the uh, not since Taco Night and the uh, and the necklace that he gave her, and the phone, which were both actually really uncomfortable. Yeah. The taco night I thought was cute, but I would be very uncomfortable if someone bought me a new phone and a large
1: necklace. I don't know. And ran to San Diego to get you tacos. Yeah, very strange. <laughs> um, let's see. So that the my next note is, um, Eden and Xavier are both suddenly very confused because they start talking about the the. Um, dragon graveyard or dragon boneyard not knowing that there are two people in the room that have absolutely no freaking idea what they're on about and they're like wait is this what are you doing what and um jackson says oh we entered the competition so that we could win this bloodstone because we need it um and i was like no you didn't you you were entering the ludez competition before you knew what the uh the prize was or that you needed it
0: not to mention they they were, they were It's like you guys—they were
1: were talking about it for ages.
0: Yeah, and it's like they—they all won, but now at the last minute, they've just found out that Eden and Xavier Xavier are not. it, It would be like if there was a cash prize. And you were super excited to get the cash prize with your team and then you found out you needed that full amount. And you found out that your cut of the cash prize was being like donated somewhere. And it's (laughs) it's like, well, it's for the greater good. Like I feel I feel good that it's getting donated, but at the same time, like it would have been cool if you guys told me.
1: Yeah. Like Yeah. Yeah. But you kind of used them.
0: Yeah. They, they did not clue them in at all. Like, oh, we're all a part of a team, except the main objective of us even playing this stupid game in the first place is
1: because... Yeah, and at no point... And don't have secret conversations in front of people and then go, oh, yeah, we forgot you didn't know. Yeah,
0: because that's even
1: worse. That's...
0: You've just been... That's just mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Um. Yeah, and then the next two are yours. Yeah, so <laughs> so they've got their plan to go to the Dragon Boneyard before they accept the Bloodstone Prize. Um, everybody leaves, and it's finally just Jackson and Grace for the first time in a long time. They haven't been alone in a while. And uh, Hudson is asleep. So I'm just like, ooh, Dragon Boneyard. put first, Jackson Boneyard, because Grace <laughs> is thirsty. She's grabbing She really him. is. Yeah, she's like, let's go watch the Northern Lights. And he's like, really? You want to go watch the Northern Lights right now? And she's like, yes, Jackson, let's go watch the Northern Lights, air quotes. And then finally, she just like grabs him and pulls him on the bed. And he's like, oh. <laughs> um,
1: like, if I'm honest, none of the dialogue was needed.
0: No, not at all. And, you know, that's what makes them so clunky and her and Hudson so smooth is they it's like every every single interaction she has with Jackson. It's not
1: smooth. It's not, it, neither of them are like on the same page.
0: Yeah, it's not like organic. It doesn't feel it doesn't feel sexy. It's just kind of like, I don't know. It's very it's very tense. And there is a barrier where they, if they are puzzle pieces, you know, they're puzzle pieces that kind of fit together, but they're not supposed to. You know, it doesn't, it's not making up the full picture. You have to, there's a little bit of resistance there. And um, then freaking Grace's phone goes off her alarm because she's supposed to talk to Heather. They get interrupted yet again, and Hudson wakes up. And I'm just like, damn it, the baby's awake. Because that's, <laughs> that's parenting is you think that you're going to get... Sexy, sexy, and then you end up, like, dropping something or slamming a door or bumping into something on the way. Standing
1: to- on a dog squeaky toy. Yeah,
0: and then, Wah! except <laughs> Except it's Hudson with his hair all frazzled, just be like, it's, it's not morning yet.
1: <laughs> Thank God I have none of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I just said, we just have to get the dog out of the room first. And that's always a struggle. He just doesn't want to leave. Stand at the door whining. Well, there's one thing that I can do and it's run out of the room going, no. And then he runs after me like, mom, mom, what's the matter? And then I immediately shut the door behind me. Uh, and Then and it's just this face of confusion. Like what?
0: And then, and then he's probably like, what are they doing in there?
1: Oh, no, I'm imagining his like just head cock, like wide eyes, like they're making really strange noises. <laughs> Mom. I hope she's okay. <laughs> Bless him.
0: Uh, Do you want to get into, uh, into spoilers? Yeah. We are at, man, we're at 58 minutes already. So thankfully, we, we have
1: essentially, essentially, we have two very, very short ones, and then one that I'm just like, yeah. I hope Drew. Yeah, well, we covered the first one already. Jackson and Flint
0: shared an inside joke, which. Which never gets explained. Yeah, we never get like what the joke even. What? Wait, 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 in court, didn't we get what the inside joke? I thought that we I thought that they said that line again in court. Maybe they did. I feel like it
1: got brought up again. We'll, we'll have to get to that when we get to court so that we can actually go, <gasps> it was.
0: Yeah. I feel like that's something that like Tracy, like she highlighted it on her like idea board yeah. and like a little Easter egg. Yeah. I need to put this back in the story, but I feel like they did yeah. bring it up again. Um, so I had a note who became alpha after Cole was removed and sent to the bad kids school and... Um, Make sure that you're gone if you haven't read all of Crash. Do, 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 do. Are you gone yet? Okay. Uh, After Cole was removed and Xavier died, who became Alpha? I don't know. Because the wolves, like, you don't really hear anything else about
1: wolves after that, from Katmere at least. And then the next time that an actual nice wolf gets introduced, they're not even a student of Katmere. No. (laughs) No. Don't know. Hmm. I'm also wondering whether they're an alpha, but only of the wolves at the school. I think so. I think that, and then when they graduate, they then have to create a new alpha for the next community that they become part of. I assume that it's like they—he is like the prince, the
0: same as Jackson is the prince, and Flint is the prince.
1: Hmm. But in which case, it's like, a, if every community kind of needs their own little alpha, right? Can you imagine a little, like, primary school, like kindergarten? <laughs> <laughs> These little, having a little alpha kid on the playground.
0: I think that every, well, I think that already exists among cliques. I think that there are definitely, you know, there's a pecking
1: order among the cliques. But I it would be a wolf version, and it would just be really funny if... <laughs> This little chubby toddler just going, no! Rawr!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do they turn... Does a a child werewolf turn into a small, like, juvenile wolf?
1: I hope so. Like,
0: just a puffy little, like, completely... A a puffy pup. Yeah, just a completely non-threatening, adorable puppy, like...
1: I really hope so.
0: Yeah, same with the dragons. (laughs) Do you reckon,
1: like, as well, like, you know where you go to, like, their school photos? (laughs) They have photos through the years of them all sat on that same chair in the same pose. (laughs) I wonder if you get an option for your yearbook photo at Catmere. Do you want the dog or do you want the (laughs)
0: human? Yeah, which which form do you want to be? Do they have, like, the dragons where they have a giant studio set up with, like, a really big, like, backdrop?
1: <laughs> I also hope that like when it comes to graduation photos when you wear like the hat and you hold the scroll you have to hold the scroll in your mouth. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they keep it they keep it all uh, rolled up
1: for the for the
0: wolves or maybe it'll just yeah. the half shifted like there were some games where only their heads were shifted. For that's looters. weird.
1: Yeah. Why why only the head? Surely that's not even that useful. It would be even weirder if it was just the body and a human head. <laughs> <laughs> Just adding a tail and then we come a furry. Yeah, absolutely. Do like
0: a full like anthro, anthro thing. Okay, so here's my <laughs> look. Getting off topic here, uh, be, but we only have one more point. So um, I have it's allowed here. it, it is allowed. Um, my problem with like some of my favorite. I do have a lot of anthro artists that I love, um, but something about female anthro. Wolf characters with big fuzzy human boobs—I just that's where the disconnect starts. I'm like, I love the <laughs> idea of like human-eyed wolves, but once you human-eyed fr- humanoid human-eyed humanoid <laughs> wolves, but once you put like big furry boobs on it, I'm just like, mm. I'm out. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm like because 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 giant, you know, the boobs, big boobs is a human. That is a human exclusive trait you know we're like uh-huh. one of the only species who who has you know and and
1: it's, well it is it's, like, it's a, um we're we're one of the only species that continuously has the swollen part yeah
0: yeah it is it is um, for um it is it is the same as a you know a peacock with a big beautiful tail it is which you know in most cases it's the male animal that has the feature because the female typically chooses the male and i think that for females it is just a sign of um you know
1: healthy productivity yeah
0: healthy healthy breeding same with large hips the
1: one of the however however that definitely backfires
0: oh yeah and science scientific like i lied (laughs) scientifically the reason that you know that the and, and once again talking scientific scientifically not talking um you know various gender specifics but Scientifically, females have wider hips. Males tend to be attracted to wider hips because it is an ease of birth feature. Females with wider hips typically have easier deliveries, especially if we're talking about pre-medical stages where we were just popping out babies in the woods. Um, there is a less likely chance of female dying and getting ch- stuck. Yeah, and or getting stuck and, you know, child dying, therefore Larger breasts means better, you know, feeding of
1: the baby. Um and wider hips means better childbearing. So everything everything and they also wouldn't they wouldn't pass it down into their children to be able to have those bigger hips because they would die. Exactly. And we need, you know, it's typically
0: the whatever can carry a bloodline. Looking looking for features in your partner that will be able to carry on genetically to create whatever the strongest bloodline will be that's that is you know why we are attracted to who we're attracted to on the primal level so now you know something
1: now you learn something interesting A helicopter is going past it's <laughs> making the worst noise ever that's
0: okay Well, we've got one more point, and I think that it is yours, so... It
1: is. (laughs) Um, So I, (laughs) I said, I really do hope that Hudson was definitely asleep when Grace used the Aurora Borealis as a code word, because she only ever uses it once more, and that's just after the Dragon court and spending the night with Hudson, when she's trying to calm Jackson down and says... Remember when we watched the Aurora Borealis? Oh. Let's go watch it now. And Hudson did react way more to her saying that than a person with no context would. Yeah,
0: back okay, so that for everybody who needs a refresher, that was the fight. Um, right when Grace and Flint and Hudson got back from the Dragon Court and Jackson like just out of nowhere attacked Hudson And Mm -hmm. that's where we found out about Jackson's soul being shattered and him saying, you know, I'm all – Grace, I'm all fucked up. And she was saying anything she could to calm him down. But that was also that moment where Grace was like, you know, this is the moment that I realized that I have to be with Jackson to save him. I have to save his life and that is more important. And then Hudson, you know, he just gets absolutely livid and stomps off, goes down to his lair. And then we get, you know, that chapter from his perspective where he burns – the poetry book that he gave to Grace.
1: Yep. Yeah. But yeah, that's like one of the things when she said, like, "Let's go watch the aurora borealis." My brain went, oh, that's that's ringing some some uh-huh. bells for me." And the only time that I remember her using it again, because she says in that chapter she says that she wanted to make it their code word forever.
0: Oh no.
1: And it's like, oh. Like, imagine if the code word wasn't there and she said it again. You don't create a code word unless you mean the intent that you meant it when you said it. Yeah. So, like, Jackson, remember when we made out? Let's go do that again. Yeah. Because that's really awkward. Which sounds
0: like, you know, something that Grace might say like, to Jackson to try to calm him down because she's very self-sacrificing. She's very much um, a character who will do something that she doesn't particularly want to do in order to save that character.
1: Yeah. And uh, and during the scene as well, during the kiss scene, um, Jackson does, like, actually finally understand it. and he opens the curtains so that the, um, the Boreas is, like, shining down on them. And, I'm like, how much bloody luck do they have that every time they want it, it's there. People pay thousands of pounds to go on cruises to go find the northern lights and they get there and it's the wrong season or they just missed it. Wrong time of night. Every single goddamn time this dude wants to see the northern lights there they are banging in the sky. Maybe he maybe he's controlling it. <laughs> he has earthquake uh, and northern lights
0: powers. Oh. Well he's getting more and more powerful. He, he has a, a vast array of powers. They are just all useless unless he wants to get some. <laughs> yes. He is the power yes, of is. seduction. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think that is it, guys, for episode 36. Thanks so much for listening. And make sure that you tune in every Sunday over on the Crave the Book podcast YouTube channel because we have some pretty cool ASMRs over there. I, uh, I did one. It was a night in Jackson's Tower. Last Sunday, so you can hang out with Jackson and listen to him kind of pacing around his tower, and he reads some books, and I can't remember what else he does. <laughs> there, there, you can hear the the wind whipping around outside because I figure if you're in a tower in a castle, you probably hear a lot of wind. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye bye.